Hello, 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 and welcome again to Rover Talk. This is Ivan um, with you. Dan, how are you today? I'm good. Dan is, uh, as you all know, on Instagram, and his uh, Instagram handle is um, his Instagram handle is WagonBoyTD. I'm sorry, I'm still futzing here with the sound, Dan. Sorry about that. There's something I'm not getting not getting right here, but um, I guess can you hear me? Yeah. All right. Anyway, sorry for that interruption. So Dan is uh, Wagon Boy T on Instagram. I am SRA twenty four zero five, and our Rover Talk has its own Instagram. So come and con, come and con, comment on whatever you want to comment on uh, Land Rover related. Anyway, Dan, we've been having a really mild winter. Happy New Year to everybody, by the way. I know we're kind of late on this, but yeah, yeah, it's been like today was almost fifty again. Um, it's kind of depressing because, you know, for, for, for I those, want, I want on. snow. So. <laughs> for those of you that don't measure in funny degrees like Dan, uh, we're, we were about five, six, seven degrees in real degrees today. That is Celsius. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a little bit of dusting, uh, this past weekend at the farm, but nothing, uh, But wait, wait, explain to everybody why you want snow. So I can go off-roading. So you can go play the cards. Yeah, play with the cards and stuff. you know, right now when it's winter and there's no uh, there's no snow or moisture, the you know the ground is not hard. So it's like you're just driving around on the trail. So you know I do always hope for either a lot of snow or a lot of rain. Today we got a lot of rain, but I'm sure it'll be dry by. Uh, next Dan, have you ever gotten stuck in the on somewhere on the trail and had to go get another vehicle to pull yourself out? Uh, no, like we, um, like that one time we, you happened to be in the in the car and we got stuck in the mud. But you know that's what the four wheel. No, that's that's not stuck. That's that's just. We were just sliding and then you <laughs> just throw it in gear, but nothing that like. Even like a couple, like two winters ago when we actually had like a ton of snow and I have a couple of videos of even last winter was actually really bad. Um, I tried to get the, L, the 06 L322 stuck because uh, I had just gotten those new um, tires that are on my truck now. So I had tried to get as best I could try to get stuck, but... Um, you know, we only had like a foot of snow on the ground and, um, the trail was pretty, I didn't get stuck. So I haven't got stuck where I had to actually go get another, uh, vehicle and, and get myself out. Yeah. Well, if anybody, if anybody's out there listening and you have special things or like you like to play in the, in the mud or in the snow, especially in the snow, we want to hear about it. I want to see what. I want to see what you guys are using your rovers for and, for play. And, and I bought, I bought those tracks, hoping that I could use them this year, mm. and like nothing. So. Well, there will be one big snowstorm. Yeah. I re- I recall last winter, I was, um, you know, here in Chicago. It seems like when it snows a lot, um, some people decide not to use their cars, which makes sense because most cars are not four wheel drive, and so the roads a little bit more open, and. I know this is going to sound very childish, but it's my it's my inner child coming into me. So, of course, I'm looking around at all the empty parking lots that I know of because I want to go in there and be the first one on the snow. 
And last year I caught two parking lots on my way back from the garage. And trust me, I tried to make that L322 spin and it was literally impossible. It was literally impossible. I was trying my best. I was even, I was pulling handbrake and putting a neutral in the same movement. I could not make it. I mean, you know, that thing weighs like a million pounds. I know, but it's, well, don't, I mean, they weren't very big parking lots. They weren't one of these, you know, huge parking lots where I had, you know, I could get really high up to speed and then I'm sure you could do it then. But I'm telling you, I was trying to make it spin. It was, I couldn't even get like a traction control light. Yeah. Like, it was impossible. Yeah. And of course, I've, you know, fortunately, when I since when I park on the street, I've you know I don't even have a shovel anymore. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're awesome. That's they're not anyway. So this week we got a lot to talk about. I was just got back from Spain, so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about that. I have a funny story that I haven't even told Dan, and because I wanted to see his reaction on first, and then Dan um, has been very closely watching the Mecham auction in Kissimmee, Florida. Because, well, you know, Kissimmee in, in in January is usually their their biggest auction. You know, it's two weeks long, and um, they actually had twenty five rovers. So I was pretty excited that, like, you know, they had uh, way more rovers than they uh, normally do. So we'll talk about. Uh, how I think uh, Kissimmee turned out this year. Yeah, and the other important thing, or important or exciting thing for us and maybe for you, is that we have finally opened up our channel. So Rover Talk Reels is actually a thing now. Now we haven't posted yet. We'll let you know when we post. We've got a, I've got a couple of videos from Spain, and uh, hopefully uh, in the next couple of weeks you'll be able to actually see us, right? Yeah, and um, see a little bit of. How we, you know, do stuff. We're, we're going to do, I'll do some videos in Spain of car inspections. We're going to do a little bit of everything. We'll show you, you know, some of the cars that we have, some of the cars that come in. We'll, we'll show you a little bit of everything. Um, and you're going to be able to see a lot of, like, if, you, if you're not familiar with the Eurospec Rovers, you're going to be familiar with a lot of those little details that you've heard us talk about um, and, and see them in person, and turbo diesels and everything. So hopefully you will find it enjoyable. And, Dan... We got. We actually decided to make some T-shirts, some oh, yeah. merch, yeah. right? Yeah, a little bit of merch. Uh, it that will be available. We, we're still working on some designs. Uh, they're going to be, we think, very cool. I think they're pretty close to being final. So. Well, you're, you're, yeah, I think so. We can get this done anyway. So I went to Spain, and well, first let's just back up a second to second, kind yes. of tease everybody on things coming in. Why don't you just give another week? Because you have six things coming in, right? I have six cars coming in. Hopefully next week. Yeah, yeah, next week. So, do you want to just give a quick rundown of? All right, here's the rundown coming in on Uh, the boat. Yes, I'm going to try to be real quick. All right, I'm going to put them in order of year. So the first one, first one is a 1964 Series Two A 109 two door soft top diesel Santana. Now, keep in mind, 64, very beginning of the Santana partnership. So, difference it's, it's, it's basically a, a Land Rover. Yeah, it's basically a full Land Rover. Uh, this car I purchased a couple of years ago in the south of Spain with, with, with another couple of cars. Um, I took it to one of my guys. They did a little bit of paint work that needed to be done. They went over some mechanicals. They touched up a few things, odds and ends here and there. 
and it looks stellar. Marine blue, brand new interior, brand new top. Runs, I, runs great. I drove it the other day. Uh, well, not this trip, but the previous trip in Spain. Runs great. Um, and that one will be on Bring a Trailer. I know it's kind of a weird time because it's January and no, it doesn't have a hard top. Uh, but, you know, for all of those, for all of you who live in climates unlike the one we have in Chicago. But it, going bring a trailer, it's still a ways out. It's about a month out, month, month and a half out. Anyway, that one's really cool. So, okay, so that's number one. Number two is a 1973 Morris Mini 850. And the story on this car, which I'm selling for a good friend of mine, is that his aunt bought it new. He inherited it from his aunt. The car has 29,000 documented kilometers. That's about... 18,000 miles. It is untouched. Original paint, um, original everything. I think it has new, it probably has new tires. I think it has new tires. Unbelievably cool. British Racing Green, no white top, British Racing Green top. So I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day. What would you do with that car? Keep it as is? Uh, or would it be the perfect base to... And it doesn't have the Union Jack flag on the roof? No. no. <laughs> um, I, would, I would just leave it. I think it's a... I, I mean, I would leave it because I'm not... And I say that because I'm not, like, a mini enthusiast. You know what I mean? So, like, I would want it to be as pure as possible if I'm, like... You know, if it's just my only mini. But if I had been in the mini game for years and years, I've had like a million. I'm sure, like, I'd probably tweak it a little bit. But like, I would probably just keep it, you know. Yeah. Here. Well, that that one will be probably on Bring a Trailer as well. Uh, that's a cool one. Okay. Uh, next in line would be a pair of 1992s. One of them is a 1992 four door disco, true series one or gen one. Uh, Corlin red, beige interior cloth. Um, was this the sad story? This is the sad story. I don't know if I want to go into the sad story because I'm still trying. I'm still coming to terms with it. Um, okay. So this car I bought because it had a really cool camper on it, and the shipping company decided that they didn't want to take the camper. No, I think they wanted to well, take the camper. They wanted to take the camper. Uh, I, you know how these transport people... The transport people took the camper off and brought it back to the home base in Madrid. So it came without its camper. But I'm looking for a solution yeah. for that. Okay. Hopefully, I'll think of something creative because the cool part was the camper on that one. But still, 200 TDI, four-door, solid car. Um, the other 92 is a Unicorn, which I've had two of lately. It is a 1992 two-door Range Rover Classic Colorado silver repainted, well, repainted as in its original Colorado silver. What I'm saying is that when I bought it, it needed right. repaint, so I had to yeah. repaint it. 170,000 kilometers, so that's about 108,000, 9,000 miles. 3.9 V8, obviously. Cloth interior, factory air conditioning. I actually drove this car. From the from the five speed right five speed manual yeah sorry about that I forgot that anyway great car I drove this one myself about 150 miles when I when I uh, bought it and it performed flawlessly uh, very cool looking car and the last 
and the most modern one is a 1993 Mercedes 320CE. So this is a coupe model, W124. And the cool thing about it, well, it's got two cool things. First of all, it's got a Jetrag five-speed dogleg manual. Dogleg is first going left and down, not left and up which is the gearbox that they used in the Cosworth models. For those of you that know a little bit, Mercedes, the 190s, um, the 2.5, the AMG, the Cosworth, all those use that gearbox, which is kind of cool. And the other cool thing is it's a two-owner car. I'm the third owner of it, if you want to call me an owner. And it has 143,000 kilometers, which is about 85,000 original miles. And color. It, it runs amazing. Well, here's the thing. It looks kind of... The color is one of those German Hansens und Lanzau, and translation, very, 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 very dark blue. Oh. No, it looks black. Okay, so it's like a midnight blue. Yeah, but midnight. But darker. Yeah, darker. Yeah. So all that's coming. Okay. I'm sure you'll see it on the on on my Instagram or on Dan's Instagram when it comes in. Um, if you're interested in any of those cars, give me a shout. Um, so, okay. You go to Spain. So I go to Spain, and it's the first time in many, 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 many years that I kind of took it like a vacation, right? So I didn't really... Well, your focus wasn't like, I'm solely going there for cars. You're like, I'm going there, and then cars were an afterthought. Cars were an afterthought. Yeah. So... What's the temperature in Madrid right about? Oh, Madrid's... Probably like I don't know in funny degrees, probably like lower sixties. It'll get a little bit chilly in the morning, but the temperature variance in Madrid during a day can go literally like fifteen degrees up or down. Right. So it can get really chilly in the morning, but a light jacket is all basically you need, and it's marvelous. So I'll tell you my car story. My car story is kind of ridiculous, ridiculously funny. All right, so I have a an acquaintance, a friend, that lives in the south of Spain, and he's always on the lookout for cars for me. So I we had a family trip down to Granada to see the Alhambra, which is absolutely amazing, UNESCO World Heritage Site. If you if you have the chance, go. And the there was about an hour difference getting to the region of Jaén, which is where I wanted to go. So I, you know, went on my way. Uh, I was, he had a four-door, you know, 200 TDI classic, uh, 1993, I believe registered in 94. So the very last of the 200 TDI, um, good car ran very well, needs paint like they all do. Um, and this one's actually on the, on one of our first videos. So you'll be able to see it on the, on the, uh, on our channel. So that was all good. So I agreed to price. He's a, he's a friend, so it's, it's easy to do business with him. Anyway, the thing about him is that, like many other people in Spain, they always want to be paid in cash. Right. So that always represents a challenge because can't, I can't travel with, you know, the limits $10,000 or euros, right, in right. cash that you can take. Yeah. Anyway, I, that wasn't the main scope of my trip, so I didn't have any cash. Anyway, so I thought, well... I'll find a way to get some cash, and on the way back from the trip, we'll stop back, and, and, and I'll just, you know, I'll pay him and be done with it. So that's the way we did it. So when we came back, it was, you know, about 6, 7 p.m. It was already dark. 
you know, he's he's a really nice guy. I you know paid him and everything, and he tells me he says, look, there's a defender that's in a garage that's a block and a half away, and you know I I want to see if you might be interested. So I was, well, what's the price? It gives me the price, and it seems very expensive for it. I mean, it was almost like American pricing anyway. But he says, let I said let's go see it anyway. So I grabbed my daughter. Because she was waiting, <laughs> waiting in the car with her cousin. I said, well, "Can you, can you come with me?" So, of course, my daughter, being the very fashion-conscious seven-year-old, she's wearing like these pink leggings and this like sweater with hearts, and you know, right. And so we walked together uh, with my friend to the shop. And imagine a shop in a small town. I mean, this is like full. There's like three or four old farts. There, like us, there's not. It, and here's the thing: it was. It's not even a car shop. It's kind of like half car shop, half industrial equipment. Um, strangely enough, very well lit. And we walk in there, and there is a 110, um, 200 TDI. I'd say probably Coniston green of that color. Right. And so I start looking at it, and all of a sudden. Someone taps me on the foot, and it's my daughter. And she looks up at me and says, Papa, give me the phone with the flashlight on. And she is literally <laughs> underneath. Oh, my God. She is literally underneath you, the car. You trained her Papa, well. <laughs> Papa, you got you to gotta, look. It's dirty over here, but it does look. It looks like a little bit of surface rust. At this point, everybody in the shop is, they're like, they're like in disbelief. They don't really understand what's going on and why this little child dressed in pink is underneath the car. Climbing under. <laughs> getting in and she's like looking at like the right spot she's like looking at the floor she's looking at the chest she's looking at the outriggers she's so, so what was her take on it <laughs> she she was liking she says papa it's a little dirty but i don't i don't see anything I, she says i don't see anything bad here anyway so it was kind of tight spaced to get to the back of the car because there was there was other stuff around it right. anyway she walks in i managed to open up the rear door and she hops into the car she's like oh papa i really like these ones that have the 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 seats facing each other and then she 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 says papa let me have the phone with the flashlight again so i give it back to her and she points to the floor she says papa this floor has been repainted oh my god but but she says but there still could be rust underneath oh my <laughs> and, god. And, I, and at this point I'm like, oh my god at this point i i'm kind of a, I, I, i'm kind of not really under i'm just looking at her and i'm not really paying attention to the car because i'm just so fascinated by this little child who's been hearing me you know for her entire life yeah, obviously <laughs> inspecting a car in the same way that we would and then, yeah. and then she stands up and starts looking at the corners of the roof and starts well, looking at the... Like she could get in like anywhere, <laughs> underneath, inside, stand up inside. At this point, she's got a crowd. Like, the, the, all, the, all the old farts that are in there dealing with the, whatever they need to do yeah. have stopped doing what they're doing. They're just all watching her, watching this little child speak in English with the flashlight inside of the car, dressed in pink with her little, you know... <laughs> heart sweater and they're probably thinking like this guy planted this girl <laughs> and so um, and then she says papa can you open the hood i want to see the engine she gets on the the she gets on the 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 front bumper and like has her head into the entire engine bay looking around <laughs> looking she's looking and what i what i realized after a second she's looking at the chassis rails from the inside, the inside yeah. <laughs> unbelievable 
it, it was it was just absolutely hilarious. She told me to. She told me she thought it was a good buy. She thought it was a good buy. Of course, we haven't yet gone. I haven't yet gone into her with like the money aspect of right, stuff. Right. Because we're still, you know, we're still we're we're doing very well in so, math, but we still kind of kind of learn. Cause, so I take it you didn't you didn't buy it. I did not buy it. So, so then, how much were they asking for? So, they were asking, they were asking twenty five thousand euros for it. Okay. Okay. I didn't. I mean, and what's the exchange right now? About the same, so that was going to be like twenty seven thousand, twenty six thousand yeah. five hundred. It, it was the exchange rate is very similar right now, a dollars. You know, it it was a good looking car. Um, it had a hundred hundred and high hundred um, thousand kilometers, so it wasn't a high mileage car. Right. Uh, the um, timing chain had been done, or timing belt. Sorry, not the chain. You said it was a two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's pretty that's pretty standard like most of the ones that are coming over are being bought in that 28 to like 32 34 range and then being flipped here for 45 to like 50 so there's not much margins on the people that are doing that but like that's usually like the price um that that my friend Brandon has done that a few times where he buys it for that, drives it for a little bit, mm -hmm. like the one I just did the suspension on, and then, you know, flipped it for, you know, 42, 44. And I mean, it, it, it is a car that it, at another point in time, but the other thing, too, is that it's, I'm seeing it here in a shop, it's night, I've got the whole family waiting on me, we're on our way back to Madrid. Yeah, but you brought an expert. I have the expert, so right. I just... um. So anyway, it, I mean, it was, I think it was, I also, I, I kind of would have liked to see it in daylight. Yeah, um, of course. My daughter was right. The floor was, the rear floor was repainted, which I'd like to understand or at least know why. And here's the thing. The owner wasn't there. It was yeah. somebody that was selling it for the owner. So, yeah. I mean, could it have been a good buy? I think it could have. But at that point in time, I was just kind of, you know, on my way. But it was, it was just, it was, it was oh, hilarious. Yeah. Papa gave me the phone with the flashlight on, <laughs> like, yeah. and and no 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 qualms at all. She got she got dirty. It was dusty. It wasn't super dirty shop. But it was dusty. Right. She got underneath there. She was like, "Papa, come here," and just like points out at like the the joint between the main chassis rail and the outrigger, and that going to the bottom. She's looking. She's like, "It's dirty in here." I'm gonna take the dirt off and we can see underneath. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> it, it was. It was funny. it was a show. That was a proud moment for you. It was it, it was a proud moment of for course. me. And um and it was a hilarious moment cuz like it was I didn't specifically ask her. I said I said I said, "Mama, can you come here? We're going to go see a car." She's like, "Yeah, let's go." She's I'm talking around. She's been seeing cars since she was two. Well, right? and it just shows you like how much you know, kids kids absorb stuff like it's Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So she was, she she was loving it. Anyway, it was it was just hilarious to watch her, you know, get under that it's car. Hard, that yeah. she was she was looking, and the thing was, she was looking at all the right places. She's like understanding, like here. And then when she says, you know, this floor's been repainted, but it could have rust underneath. And, and that I thought that was just hilarious. So that was that was my uh, that was that was about all I did in in Spain in terms of cars. I checked up on my. Um, 
your project. My projects, which there's also a video on, will be a video posted on it, so I'm not going to talk about that project. Um, my video is, so I ha I'll apologize in advance. Um, these are videos shot by myself, so at some points the sound can be a little bit hit or miss. Um, I decided not to connect the mic and just, you know, freelance camera do it, but um, I will get better. That's all I can say, Dan. All right. You've seen them. What do you think? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're good. I mean, I've seen way worse, so. Well, that's always good. Anyway, Dan, what have you, we haven't talked about projects. Have you been, have you been doing anything? Well, you know what? I've been chasing an emissions thing with my 06. And um, I got one more thing that I'm trying to, to clear, which I hope to just clear it. Uh, this week, which is uh, the EVAP uh, module, which is in the back. Um, so I'll swap that out. But everything else that kept saying that wasn't ready, like the cat and the one of the O2 sensors, like that's all been taken care of thanks to my good friends at Lake Bluff which you drove me out to the other day. So if you're in the Chicagoland area and you need a dealer like uh, if you service. desperately need like a dealer to do something, you know, normally I don't recommend dealers. We all know it's like really expensive. But my guys at this one, uh, when you need something very specific and you can't figure it out, uh, they're about as upfront and honest as, as you can get. And... Um, they helped me on on this thing and didn't really charge me anything. So um, good guys out in Lake Bluff. You know what? You know one thing I noticed about about, the, about that dealership is that okay. So we all know that, and, and I, it's thirty miles away from our house. And I have a dealership that's literally a half a mile from my house. It's a Land Rover dealership, and I, I, I you know, I'm willing to drive thirty miles. Just yeah, that's how good they are. Okay, so one of the things that, I, and maybe somebody else can chime on this about the local Land Rover dealerships in their area, but here's the thing that I, that caught my attention. When I walked into that, so for those of, those of you that aren't from the Chicagoland area, which is the majority of you, uh, the northern suburbs are a little bit more affluent, we could say. A little bit. Or a lot more affluent. Yes. Right. <laughs> so you would think that, so you would think that since a lot of Land Rovers nowadays are luxury cars we could call them yeah like the range Rover, just just merely based on the price right yeah i mean and then and when you walk into the actual so you would think that the dealership would cater a little bit more to the i i, I don't want to say this the soccer mom right the yeah. well we saw three soccer moms when we were there yes so. anyway but when you walk in there there's still like the delivery and everything is very much adventure lifestyle off-road you know, it's nothing like walking into like a Lexus dealership or a Mercedes dealership where yeah. everything. Or even the Land Rover that's six blocks from my house. It's yeah. Like beyond modern. Yeah. So I really, I actually really like that. Well, I it, it, was it really looked cool. like it was like they probably built it in like 1998. You know, it looks like a a chalet. Uh, you know, it's got like the usual brick walls, a fireplace, like it does. I, 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 thought, I thought that it was looks great. like the it, it, 
Could have just been dropped right in Aspen or something, you know. Yeah, it even has like a little artificial lake that they've they've created there. Yeah. I, I they're thought just, was... they're just good people, and um, you know, they 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 did right by me on, on this last uh, this last thing. Well, so. yeah, we 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 recommend only things that we know very well. So we 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 do recommend them, especially Dan. I haven't been there. I'm just like I've been there before, but this is the first. I just drove you there, so I haven't really been there for a service or anything, but just from your yeah. stories. Anyway, all right, Dan. Kissimmee, Florida, Mecham Auctions. So uh, as I kind of mentioned before, we know that this Mecham is is usually their biggest because they do it over um, a two week period uh, in the beginning of January, and. Um, I know, I'm sure no one from Meekin listens, but uh, I think this is probably one of their best uh, ones. And Frank, you know, there's Dana and there's Frank, the son, who is head of consigners. And he he did an amazing job um, with, uh, with everything that they had for sale. And uh, with that selection, they actually had 25... Land Rovers, which is, uh, I think... And classic ones. Yeah, Florida. classic ones. And a few modern ones that I kind of want to talk about. But um, <clears throat> normally, when you think of Meekham, like, what type of cars do you usually think Muscle Guard. I think yeah. Muscle Guard. I think Mustang, you know, Mustang, um, you know, Camaro type, American stuff, basically. Yeah. Like, like the rest of pickups and... That's kind of what they're, you know, each auction house has, like their niche and you know Mikam I think has always been about American muscle um, even like 50s 60s classic American pickup trucks you know yeah stuff yeah like that. classics right? and then they really specialize in you know high end uh, performance American cars from like the last 10 years and um, and this year they had at least well they had 25 Land Rovers, and normally you'll get like, like if you look ahead, like the next auction only has one Land Rover. So for them to have 25, it really got me interested in in, um, in this past auction. Um, I know, Ivan, I had you kind of kind of skim through. Was there anything that, did you feel like the pricing was on point or did you think it was like Meekum? Because to me, I I would never send a Land Rover or a British kind of specialty car to Meekum because it's just not, I don't think like that customer is, is there. But do you think? You know, I honestly, I think that, that they've been selling pretty well. I would say they're on the like average pricing. Yeah. So there's nothing I would say super outrageous in terms of stuff that's getting much higher price than what I think it would be, be worth. Be worth. Yeah. So I think it's a very, I'd say, a very realistic market um, place for for car for those cars. Now the only thing is, and, and I and I have my experience in the past with Mecham, not a bad one. It was a good one, but the description is basically what you give them. They don't do anything else, right? No. So. And- that's the one thing that I think I think the reason why some of these don't get what 
they probably should is because um, Megum and Barrett and like all the other ones that have started to you know move a little bit more towards uh, catering to online you know they still don't um, you know they still don't do mileage you know they don't tell you the mileage on any of their offerings unless it's um, something very specific where it's good very low mileage yeah it's so and... like the f40 that that they had um this week which i don't know anybody who doesn't like the f40 ferrari um you know cars like that they you know they specifically say you know it's got less than ten thousand miles or yeah you know but for the most part none of their cars have any mileage so um i would find it very difficult to you know, to kind of bid on uh, any of these, like especially these modern cars, these modern Land Rovers that they had without any sort of mileage. And then, as you know, they only post the pictures that are sent to them. Yeah, that's the thing. The it, With Meekum, it's, it's whatever you give them is what they put on there. So if you give them crappy pictures, they use crappy pictures. Um, and if you give them four lines of description, which are basics, like the engine that's in it, then, you know, it's, yeah. it's like four tires. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously it's got four tires. So that's, that's the only thing that I, th like you said, I think, I mean, looking at some of these, I think these may have brought like a little you, bit more money like somewhere do else. Do you think, um, you know, part of, part of me is like, you know, why knowing that you have like people like bring a trailer, cars and bits, like. You know, there's just so much competition. Do you think they purposely still don't want to, like, give more information? Well, I, you know, I, I'd be... So, there's... I have there, what's up, like, what do you think, like, the okay. pros and cons are of, like... All right, so... Not to pick apart Beacom, but, like... Okay, so, from, from, the, from the seller standpoint, um, they'll basically accept anything you throw at them. So, I mean, as long as you pay, you're good and they're going to take whatever, you know, whatever you give them. And so it kind of depends on you if you want to be more um, specific on anything. From the buyer side, you know, I, I'd like to see still, um, I'd kind of like to see what percentage of buyers are actually in the room for the sales versus what's sold through phone or through online bidding or whatever other systems that they have. I think Meekum for a lot of people, is an experience, right? Yeah. And so, you know, you get and to... And it's a, an experience that's slowly, you know, I think coming back. This one was kind of a little off because it's a little bit more expensive to go um, this year because I, I watched a lot of the two weeks and there were times where there was like literally no one in the in the auditorium except for like the tables in the front and the vip boxes um you know it's not like the past where the it, it was like crazy packed you could tell people were drunk <laughs> you no, know what I, mean? Like, I mean i think it's an experience and and it's a pretty fun one at that if you you know if you want to go buy a car you get to go there you can have a drink you can take a look at the cars there's tons of different tons cars of great stuff outside tons of great stuff outside and yeah. you can you know, you can you know, you can't really take them out for a spin, but you can see it. And I think, in in the scheme of things, and in the like the like the this kind of like buyer understands that 
they're buying a car and that there's probably going to be a few things that are going to be that they're going to have to sort out like with any other basically any old car is going to have something that you have yeah. to sort out on so i think it you know i think it works out well in that regard in the sense that you know you have buyers that that probably understand that you know they're going to buy something and they're going to have to put some money into it but they want to see it in person they want to have the experience they want to bid which is which is pretty fun to bid online on on uh, online it is but um in person and they had like just again watching it they had a lot of a lot of ones where the high bidder was online like yeah there's a good majority of it that were uh online so i mean i i like it i i think i think there needs to be I'm, I'm always a firm believer that the more sales channels that there are, the better. Because there's more cars, everything becomes a little bit more transparent. You can track histories of cars a little bit better because you can see them on one auction or another auction or whatever. So I just, like I always, I recommend just do your due, due, due diligence. Like go there and, you know, take a look at the car, send somebody to see the car, you know, try to try to get in touch with the owner, try to see if there's more information on the car. And then if there isn't, then understand that you've got, you know, whatever. You're yeah. going to have to spend an extra 25% of what you pay. Just bid accordingly. Yeah, yeah bid accordingly. I don't, I don't that, that With that being said, you're bringing up how uh, now it's a lot easier to kind of track vehicles. There, of the 25, there were five from here that were just had jumped from bring a trailer over to Mecham and still went unsold so um it's kind of like real estate like if it just keeps uh you know going up for sale so okay so i have a specific question now now let's get into that i i so i've said it here before and you know i'm itching for a series one because i've been wanting to buy a series one for a while now the thing the thing with this series one um that everybody's probably uh familiar with that like i honestly do not understand um let's go back up to see the, so but... the blue one so let's just the 57 actually sold which was a okay uh, but let me let me go ahead. but before we get into these two specifically i want to ask you yeah. a question yeah is the series one market kind of disappeared dwindling are there less of us that are interested because no. Re- regardless of these specific cars and this one we've seen on Bring a Trailer and now it's on here and whatever, but I there seems to be like I can't. I mean, there are very few out there, which is right true because you very few out there. There are very few in left hand drive, right? And for somehow I see like there's a cap. I, I mean, to me, a a, a well restored Series One should probably be worth about seventy thousand. If or a little more. bit more. Yeah. But there's like a, I mean, I can't, is it me? Am I not paying enough attention? Am I, what, what's your catch on the Series 1? Well, I, I, and I think our friends over at, um, when we were chatting with them before, uh, with Steve and Ike from Underpower. By the way, listen to Underpowered Hour, amazing podcast. Yeah, every Monday. Um, I, you know, to their point, a lot of, like the series ones that are like really good, um, they they trade quietly, like privately. So like, um, you know, they, they just they don't come up, so you don't see them. But there's definitely 
uh, a demand for them. Like, would I want a restored one? No. Um, I would want mine to uh, just be mechanically sound, but have all the history of a series series one. And I think those to me are worth, uh, you know, more than uh, restored ones to me. And I know the the boys were saying that they definitely trade for some serious money. We just they just we just don't see them. We they just go don't from, see them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't. I honestly, I don't think. Uh, I mean, will a twenty year old, you know, thirty year old appreciate it as much as us, you know, older guys? I don't know, but um, there's still a ton of people that uh, totally appreciate them and. and yeah. Okay, so let's get into the nitty gritty. What 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 uh, what calls out your attention on this? So this one, so if we're looking at this blue. Let's look at this blue soft top that actually uh, uh, did sell. The the one series one. Yeah, the the fifty seven. Okay. So, so what did do you have it up? I do. And do you have how much it sold for? I have it at twenty seven five. Yeah. So with the buyer's premium, that's uh, yeah. I was gonna say that's at another ten percent. So that's probably about a thirty so thirty thousand dollar car. Yeah. Yeah. And it only got to uh, twenty one on the floor on the actual when they ran it through on bring a trailer. Oh, on bring a trailer. Yeah. Um. And I thought I thought it would have gone a little bit higher, but you know, there's a I when it was on bringing a trailer, there was a lot of things that were brought up, like how the top was on, like, and they had kind of mixed um, a few different uh, series together. And if you look at the if we look at the pictures here, there's not, you know, there's not. Well, the the other thing too is that. If you if you know these cars get a lot more scrutiny on sites like Bring a Trailer, and well, yeah, because then Bring a Trailer, like in the in this description here, it doesn't tell you that um, it's a South American, uh, Colombian, yeah, and you know, export uh, done down there. So if you just kind of look at it at at face value with these very limited pictures, you know it. It looks cool, you know. Some things aren't correct, but like, if you're just looking for, you know, kind of a cool British Royal Air Force color uh, series one that looks the part, like, yeah, I mean, it's it looks pretty cool, um, but it was completely scrutinized on on Bring a Trailer by several. Yeah, the the other the other thing too you gotta I think is a word to the wise to keep in mind is that a series one is going to be more than sixty years old at this point, and so yes, it's likely that it's been touched, chopped, changed, and everything. So, I mean, are you likely to find a an untouched series one or restored to original with all original parts and stuff? No, it's very hard to find that, and those are the ones that aren't trading here. So you gotta. You know, keep that in mind. Is it a, is is this one cool? I I love it. Yeah. I and I think it at that price, regardless of where it comes from and stuff. If it you know, it's it's something that you know they're so simple 
ultimately that even if it's not running great, you can get it running great pretty easily. Oh yeah. And then the other, um, the other one of the other rovers that I wanted to talk about from this auction um, was the Trek Edition Defender. Like, did you think that was a good price, high price, low price? So the Trek, it's a twenty twenty two. Obviously, you guys don't have a visual in front of you, but there was a twenty twenty two Defender one ten S. Which is, you know, not like top of the line uh, when it came out. That was kitted out in a, as a Trek edition by um, the guys at Lucky Eight, which I'm sure most of you know who Lucky Eight are. They do a ton of great accessories and a ton of other Land Rover uh, parts. Um, good guys. I've actually gotten more than I should with them, but. Um, it's great, and it sold for eighty-two thousand plus what we figured ten percent. Yeah, so ninety thousand. Yeah, let's put it at ninety. My opinion on that one, I thought it, I thought, I thought it was like right on the money. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, okay, it's an S, it's a four-cylinder. Again, unfortunately, we don't know the miles. Yeah, I mean, it's one year old, so maybe it has ten thousand and twelve thousand miles. Yeah, but here's the, here's the, here's where I the way I see it. This one, uh, it's not in my opinion. It's not so much about like the value because you still can't give these a value because it, enough time hasn't passed by. But think about if you think about it. If you wanted to, first of all, if you wanted to get which was probably a very base spec um, Defender One Ten, if you could find one that was in very base spec and not have to wait, you know, nine months to get it on special order. And then you wanted to do everything that you that this car has in right. terms of how it's been prepared. I think you would be over that number. Yeah, I think so. And you'd be over that number not so much because of the parts cost, but because of a lot of the labor that goes behind doing it. Yeah. And I, you know, I always go back on special editions. Are special editions worth it? In my eyes, I would say no. I never think that a special edition is worth it. I think a special edition you got to buy it if you like the actual car. Right? right, not because it's a special edition versus buying something of the same year, same spec, you right. know. Yeah. So I actually think this is probably right on the money. Um, and the other thing too is that, and I I go back to this a lot, um, the color, right? Yeah. You we know you like a pop of color, and we know that I don't. Exactly, and it's not one <laughs> better. Yeah, this was uh, I think it was Santori uh, black uh, initially. Um, yeah, but you're right. If you if it was 2021, and you were then waiting on the Defender and this build, I think you, they, it would have been over a hundred. I just think it uh, time has passed. There's there's a ton of Defenders in the market um, from all packages. From you can get a 110 as low as fifty eight thousand. I just saw today, um, you know, still up to like 130 for a 2022, just depending on, on the package. So I thought that was, you know, a fairly good deal, assuming that it, you know, I'm going to assume it only had like... Uh, yeah, whatever, under 20,000 miles. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree. I think that's a, that's a good buy. Um, I think that's a good buy, and I think that's a reasonable price for the seller. Um I'll tell you one that caught my my eye, and I keep on <laughs> I go back to this. All right, so 
I'm, I'm going to be a sticker here. There is a 1990, uh, 1983 Land Rover Defender 110. People, the Defender name. Well, that, that was the other thing with Meekum is they the, called everything. The Defender came out in, yeah, in 1990. 1978 Defender, uh, 1988 Defender. But um, here's the thing. Here's, here, when I see this, I think someone is trying to, trying to trick people because... It's got the Defender plaque on it, on the front and the yeah. back. This is not a Defender. It's a 110. Is it basically the same thing? Yes. But let's call things by their name. So the reason I I pull, I pull this build specifically is because um, it's got a 350 CI Ramjet fuel-injected V8 engine. I don't know a lot about American um, V8 engines per se myself. But um, th this goes back to kind of... Um, the idea behind the Defender. So the Defender and the Series were work trucks. So once you go and overpower it, which is what happens here, because I'm sure that 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 a fuel injected V8 gives you at least the what 300 horsepower, like on a bad day. Yeah. Um, you know, you're automatically. It's like imagine you put. Imagine you found like a 1980s Ferrari that had a dead engine, and you put a diesel engine in, <laughs> right? Yeah. It. To me, it doesn't make sense. Is it, you know, can you, are there advantages to that? Sure, because you wouldn't spend that much on mileage. You wouldn't have to worry about crashing and it would still look the part. Well, this is kind of the other way around. Yeah. So you're kind of wanting to, you know, highly customize and giving all this power that that it isn't really designed to handle. And then on top of that, I look through and I don't see any upgrades on the brakes or the you know, know, it still has it. it still or has. not the suspension, the sway bars. Right. Like, there's stuff that here that needs to be. I mean, in order for this truck to be able to be driven in a way that you're not going to kill yourself if you have to come to a stop on the highway. Well, yeah, I often like, I, you know, kind of equate like this whole, um, you know, putting in these like Vortex and LSs in these aluminum boxes without touching anything else i kind of equate it to like when you were a little kid and you had like these balsa airplanes with a rubber band with <laughs> the two little aluminum sticks and like red wheels and you 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 have this idea well if i put a thicker rubber band on this it's gonna get so much more <laughs> power but what ends up happening is as you know your your tail can't catch up with the front of your thing because your propeller is like spinning like a madman. So I kind of like always have that picture and try and explain that to people. Like you can't just throw in these engines into these aluminum boxes without at least doing a, a like a full upgrade front to back. And I think we, you know, the last few years we've, uh, you know, Americans have had this obsession with like, I need an LS, I need an LS. I need something more powerful in this and you know some shops do that for them but then don't really take it uh to the next level until this there's 90 had just popped up on bring a trailer that i think top to bottom i think they just nailed it with this ls and i'm not a big ls guy but the way they uh made this truck usable for a daily driver which is i think what most of these people you know want with these 90s is to be able to comfortably drive them 
on a daily basis if they wanted to, and they, they did a, a phenomenal job. Whereas this one that was listed on, on Mecom, you know, was one of those cases where it was just a transplant, just for transplant sake, like we can do it, let's put the engine in. But let's not think about the rest. Yeah, let's not think about the rest of the running gear and all that. So that that was kind of what, what caught my attention. Um, the other one, just one more before we go. Um, yeah. So there's a series. Okay. All right. Here here we go back. We're, we're sounding like really old people here. You know, like we're like, and, and don't get me wrong. We're not the purest of the pure um, with our Land Rovers or anything like that. We have our style that we like, and we respect everybody yeah, else's I style. Yeah, I have a yellow diff cover on mine. So. What what diff cover? <laughs> go, on, uh, um, go ahead. Anyway, there's a there's a two A here. Um, 1967 2A um, with an inline six in it, which um, isn't isn't the engine that would have gone in this car. Anyway, so here's the thing: the the other side of this, um, it it sold it it doesn't say sold. It which stayed. One are you on? It's a maroon color. Series 2A 67. Um, uh, this one. Yes. Yeah. So. Here's the here's the, the what I want to go at this car is that the paint, right? Yeah. So again, Land Rover and, and it went to thirty k. Like it, it got bit up to thirty k, which I was kind of surprised. So so someone loved that color combo. I mean, that's the person bidding on that. I think that's what they were bidding on was the color combo for sure. Now, let me reflect a little bit on the paint here so here's the thing everybody knows that the the panels on a land rover are aluminum and aluminum always has a little bit more of a challenge getting painted because it doesn't help it doesn't stick as well as a bare metal but when you choose a metallic color so what's going to happen is that it will reflect a thousand percent of the imperfections that are that the car has it's kind of like a magnifying glass paint right right and this one looks really good i mean it's got lots of lots of of i mean the the body looks to be in really good condition of course someone would say that you can't really notice the the weld spots and all that but regardless of that when when you do this when you put a metallic modern paint on a car like this it's kind of like using the same mentality as when you repaint your 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 muscle car um which has different types of lines different materials i think the paint absolutely kills this car yeah and i think it if the owner had decided to repaint it in something a little bit and not even a not even doesn't even have to be an original color but something a little bit less metallic and a little bit more not matte but but traditional well the the problem that you're going to have with this truck is is God forbid, God forbid anything, like if it gets doored, like God forbid if, if it gets oh. scratched, dented, um, you know, with this much, uh, I mean, obviously the whole sides are bondoed because like none of the welds can, are, are shown or anything, but... But we've already touched on the fact that that can be, I mean, the welds, the, 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 the depth of the welds is, is 
almost imperceptible even from the factory. Yeah. So it's not doesn't mean that the car's full of Bondo on the side and then you know it doesn't uh, have metal. I I like to me like even though it's not like my thing, but if I did have it, like I think the stress would kill me. Like I think, yeah. I think like just the idea of like don't come near my car, you yeah. know? Because you know all my cars all have you know and then again like um you know maybe something that could have been salvaged this would be uh don't paint the the <laughs> don't paint the cover the the corner cover the corner um what's it called the, the galvanized uh, trim. the galvanized yeah. trim don't paint the galvanized trim that always kills the look of it um and then on top of that they painted the galvanized trim on the on the rear door in black but the, be- the-, the beauty of of car collecting is someone did love this and was willing to to go to 30 and you know it it yeah something for you know this truck so if we we didn't have that we we'd be in no i love yeah absolutely it's just not you know i don't think it's either one of ours our jam in any any case um i think a little bit more than half of them sold one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve yeah it was like 50 percent like it was and, it was uh, pretty decent. And yeah. no, nothing stayed, like, tremendously low. that just didn't get any attention. I think everything got to a more or less reasonable price. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, Mecom has a really, from my understanding, has a really good uh, follow-through, uh, you know, with the bid goes on. Like, it's in their best interest to, yeah. to you know, and we see it all through the auction where they're willing to give up a little bit of commission. It's... You get some commission or no commission is better than nothing. So yeah, absolutely. I know they get a lot of deals done uh, post the auction. So yeah. Well, thank you for listening to us. Uh, we will be back soon with uh, more news about about our videos, about some merch that you can buy to be sporting some cool Land Rover stuff from Rover Talk. And Dan, thank you once again for joining me. Yeah, of course. Um, we will be back soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.